This is Christina Reese from Glass Tire. I'm also here with Neil Farstow from Glass Tire. And we are here with the team uh, behind the web series Scribbles. And introduce yourselves, please. My name is Lindsay Uten. I'm the director and producer. And I'm Brandon Gariani. I'm an actor in Scribbles and I'm a creator and writer. So Glass Tire, it's the oldest online visual art magazine in the country. Actually, it's 20 years old. And what we cover is visual art through all of Texas. We've been doing interviews today, but this is the first interview where I can actually ask about, because what your show is about is the creative process becoming manifest in this way yeah. so what inspired the story what what was it about what is it that haunts you about the creative process that has turned into a monster for you sure so I'm an actor that's how I got into storytelling and um, was in theater all up through my mid-20s and then moved to New York to pursue acting as, as a profession you know Lindsay and I moved to the city just like super bright-eyed and bushy-tailed hope in our hearts and we were like ready to get it and four years later I was just like what happened what am I doing where is what is joy right you're just like asking all of these big questions so I had just been totally drained artistically and I found myself in therapy for the first time in my life because sometimes you know you just need professional help um, and my therapist was this lovely woman who on my first day had me do this exercise where I draw a picture of how I present myself to the world and then another picture of my authentic self what's you know what's going on inside and the first picture was just sort of this like really tense happy like smiley guy kind of like nondescript and I didn't know what to do for the second you know internal drawing so I just started scribbling like just making wild marks on the page and it was like very therapeutic to kind of get all my anger out in this messy sea of scribbles and then I had a kind of moment where I just sat back and looked at it and these uh, images were like popping out <laughs> and I saw this like really demonic, creepy, fairy monster thing and then uh, very quickly after that the story just sort of like wrote itself. Um, that was sort of the starting point, I guess. So that's why he's an illustrator yeah. instead of an actor or a yeah. screenwriter. Or, uh... Yeah, I mean it lends, you know, it's like it's all sort of connected, right? So it, it feels like an appropriate parallel. Um, for sure. I feel like all those sort of freelancing artists are, are trying to figure out how to make a living as an artist while maintaining your artistic integrity. Um, and that is something that I think constantly wrestling with. So yeah, that's sort of the, the nucleus of how it started and then it kind of took on a life of its own after that. Is there a moral to the story? I think a big theme, uh, not necessarily sure if it's the moral, but the big theme of the, the story uh, and something that really resonated with us and resonated with a lot of our team is this connection between creativity and wellness. Because, you know, you being involved so heavily in the arts, I feel there's a stigma that comes with it of being this tortured artist, right? It's like we're always starving, we're all kind of hippy-dippy, woo-woo, which I think, you know, a handful of us are. But that you have to be in this, like, dark pit of emotion to be able to generate what people consider art, right? And we're, we're trying to make art for money and like that in and of itself is really messed up and can kind of fuck with your psyche a little bit um, and can make you lose your way. So that being said, that is the connection that we're attempting to explore and you know, there is no right or wrong, but it's about the, the journey and learning to love yourself, I guess would be the, the stem and the heart of the show. And then oftentimes like those dark things that you're trying to suppress 
run away from. That is that is the gym that, yeah. that gets pushed out in the desperate, because he's desperate yeah. when that happens. And yeah. he's also, in a way, he's liberated at the last moment. And that's when he does the drawing and the fairy comes out and then really comes out of it. So right. it's almost giving artists permission to get rid of the expectations of, you know, even the, the corporate world, which is what your character is dealing with and saying, I'm just going to drill down and see what's really inside of me for better or worse. Right. Yeah. Whether he's ready for it or not, it's happening. It's so. happening. Yeah. yeah. It chooses when it's ready. <laughs> there's a trend in art criticism and in art reviews that every time there's a show or a work of art that's worth writing about or thinking about, now there's a real conflation, and I hate to use the word conflation, but I'll use it, of the artist and the artwork. We need to know who made it, what they're like, what is their bio? Like, why does this piece of work exist? And there's been a real preoccupation with that, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, and a lot of it's around identity politics, which is legit. But now there almost seems to be no separation between the art and the artist, and there's a lot of accountability to, you know, like, well, who is this person? And, you know... But there's this older kind of tradition that the artwork always lives apart from the artist. The artist dies, the art lives on, or the art is what the, it's in the, the viewer is the one who gets to decide what it is. Totally. Right. Yeah. It lives apart from. So in this show, I mean, you're actually, you're showing that. The art kind of exists apart, but it's also in his head. I mean, you know, I, I assume we're meant to not believe that the fairy is real real but he's kind of having a nervous breakdown yeah i'd say that's a very safe <laughs> assumption yeah okay <laughs> yeah well i feel so much because that's actually a topic that we talk about a lot you know with with everything that's happening in, in the news and the media in terms of like separating the art from the artist and i know it can be a bit taboo to say this now but i feel when these individuals have a form of expression and when you take that away from them what happens not excusing any kind of terrible behavior. Right, the worst behavior. Right, but that is a part of the process in terms of finding wellness. So I think the journey that this character goes on is, yes, it is violent, and it is he is attacking himself at this point in his life, uh, but it's because he has to work through these traumas that he's experienced before. And when he was able to express himself, it stopped. So now he's almost imploding on himself and this character has come in and you know it's all with the best intention to try to get him back on track it kind of explodes in these moments of violence not saying that that is an appropriate response to that feeling but now the character's journey and something that we're exploring in further episodes is how does he rediscover expression yeah. will it get darker will it get more chaotic before it starts to resolve will it resolve yeah. in this season is there another season first it does get darker yes yeah. it does have a completeness at the end of the 10th episode uh, but I think there is room for a second season but you know the the first four episodes we self-funded ourselves and we're uh, Looking, looking for money. So honestly, I if I can be completely here. candid, um, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, I think if it's something that we continue, you know, it's our story, and if it's something that we continue to, to self-finance, it will have a shorter shelf life, and, and it feels like it could be a logical ending, a complete ending at the end of the 10th episode, but I think he ends in a place of true openness. I mean, he's, he's back to kind of square one, looking at a blank mm. canvas of like, what do I want to do with my life, and what kind of art do I want to make? But presumably after this kind of transformative experience. Uh, yeah, yes, yes, right? Yeah, he's, I mean, he has a complete rebirth. And, and then it's sort of, he's staring at a blank canvas of possibilities. And it's like, there's a lot of places we can go from there. Who advised you to, to enter 
film festivals was that or was that something that you knew that you would do because the it's yeah. available now I mean viewers can watch it right now mm-hmm. on YouTube and so have you entered it into other film festivals is this the first one we were married I don't know if we mentioned that beforehand <laughs> partners in crime <laughs> okay but we've been creative partners for a long time and we also produced this with Gene Ravindran who plays Scribbles okay. in the series okay. and I felt like we all collectively had the idea to enter into film festivals but that is a broad pool right what series a digital series film actual feature film festivals between the three of us we researched a ton of festivals and really tried to pinpoint the ones that we felt that we resonated with and we had strong material that would be showcased there but at the end of the day my heart lies in outreach and telling stories that people can connect with and that they can uh, see themselves in so depression is a huge topic that we talk about in the series and I think it's something that a number of not just artists but people in the world are dealing with and understanding and expressing that so by going through the film festival route we are able to broaden the individuals who can watch it mm-hmm. it's just putting it on YouTube I mean there's so many things on YouTube so how do we get aside from just our family and friends to watch it and this was a really great vehicle to do so but yeah we've been to Minneapolis we've been to Duluth yeah we just came back from Catalyst yeah Um, Melbourne it's also screening in Spain right now for Belfast Series Land so yeah yeah, it's it's been pretty when awesome. When are you gonna get to shoot anymore? I know you're, you're telling just me. I'm just the whole like stuff. sitting on this. You're gonna look ready. like a totally different person by the time you get back. Continuity is really rough. <laughs> he looks a little older. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So, any time frame? Is there a time frame for when the all ten episodes could be up, or is this really you're just? feeling it out in terms of ETA at this point? I think where our film festival circuit is coming to a close at the end of this month, so I think we're all just going to sleep through November, and then in December we're going to start solidifying plans. But the idea is to start doing fundraising in the spring and then go into pre-production during the summer and then actually go into production for the fall of next year. But because we want to elevate the story and really access a lot of this world that an illustrator would have going on in his mind, we're looking to implement a lot more animation yeah. and live action and animation cool. in the future episodes. It should be super yeah, it's gonna fun. Get weird. It's going to get really weird, mm-hmm. but it'll be great. Well, good. Well, congratulations. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Texas and Austin. And welcome back uh, since you're from here. And uh, yeah, we look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you for talking to us.